Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us on another very special episode of Behind the Bar. Today, we're featuring something a little new, something a little different. We're not doing our traditional featured spirit. Instead, we are doing a featured wine. Oh. Uh, I am Chandler Phillips, and with me, as always, is my bar back. James Beery. Uh, that felt a little demeaning. weird. No, I, I don't like that as well. I love it. Keep going. Let's go. Anyway. I felt attacked. Well... This episode of Was That in Good Taste that we had this past week, we are talking uh, bar trivia. And so today, we're drinking a very special wine out of California, Napa Valley. It's Educated Guest Cabernet Sauvignon. And first off impressions, it's a pretty damn tasty wine. It is pretty tasty. So here's the thing about this. It's super interesting. It's like, what, 14 bucks? (laughs) It's it's a little closer to like 25 30 because really? I look I look online and I saw at different prices it's hard it's hard to gauge sometimes like wine searcher cuz sometimes you see the the at cost price and sometimes you see the retail price Well look, all right if you're searching for this in the California West Coast region it makes sense that it'd be close to like the 14 15 dollar range However we're on the East Coast here Oh boy. Things take a little bit longer to get over here from the West. And so this one's a little marked it's up. Fun. And I, I, so, one of the big things I really want to touch on is that, you know, remember, we're enthusiasts. We're not experts. We are not we're experts. We're not sommeliers. You know, we love alcohol and spirits and beer. But we're not the most educated, and we're stepping out of our our wheelhouse right this now. This is a little bit outside our comfort zone. I don't know what the fuck I want to talk about, but uh, it's pretty damn good. And so we're gonna do our tasting thing that we normally do because I'm hype right now. So I'm gonna do a lot. I'm gonna show you. So, all right. Um, how, how do you usually taste your wines? You you got a whole process that you do. With <laughs> you your... laughing at me? Yeah, you literally laugh because I literally well I bought well, a decanter. You grab you bought a ge- decanter. You grabbed it by the stem. You're like doing all this yeah. real like well one because you're, you're doing the hand thing where you're cupping. I'm cupping. But you're gonna warm. You're gonna heat it up so it's gonna be above room temperature. You're right. I don't know, but I'm under the assumption that because I know for a fact that you like to keep wines at room temperature at most for most reds. Usually and, 55 to 60 degrees ser- uh, fel- se- <laughs> Fahrenheit. Celsius. Fahrenheit. You know, and then I, I do a little, you know, usually if it's a little bit, I do like a little swirly swirl, just kind of trying to, just like just like whisk or anything. Do you to, do it to aerate it? Or do you do no, it to, to look at the legs? I do it to look at it because oh. I know when you do whiskey, like sometimes with the higher ABV, it sticks to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a little bit of the smell. You know, and usually I put like a little tiny bit in the glass, I do a little swirly swirl. I didn't read up on how to taste it, but I know how to taste other things very well. And I know that normally you put it into a glass or a vessel, you kind of let a little air get to it. You don't put as much as we have in our glasses now, but we tasted earlier. You put a little bit so that you can kind of just like, and you take a few sips. Yeah, we're not really at a tasting level. We're more at like if you'd be served in a bar kind of level. And you kind of let it hit. You you know, you kind of want to, like with all tastings, you really just want to expose it to an optimal environment for you to enjoy it so that you can kind of see Hmm. what you think of it. And I did that, and I got a lot of fun, fruity tannicky juicy awesome fun but let me quickly run down i don't want to bust too many chops but Um, i'm looking at a difference between our glasses right now oh uh, well i mean 
I'm using a white wine glass. Hmm. You're using a red wine glass. However, I've noticed when you see sommeliers and people taste, they will either use for all wines, apparently a red wine glass. I've noticed that. Or they use something akin to a different, like a, like a, like a snifter. It's like a different kind of, or or you use that fucking little dish saucer thing. Oh, I forgot about the little dish, the little saucer. That one's cute. That I kind of want to get one of those. Which, by the way, isn't that weird that uh, saucers, oh, random thing, you would drink tea off of them? What? <laughs> saucers were not for holding. You would put the cup on the saucer. You would drink from the saucer. What? That's why they exist. That's why they taste off of saucers. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is I know it's going to be like what? This is a derail. We don't know wine. Hey, you know that apparatus that usually hold the thing that holds the drink? <laughs> oh, guess yeah. what? We I know this is definitely our warehouse. So you're like anybody who's listening is like, "Well, uh, I don't this is not the well thought out and well planned uh <laughs> observe. Listen, this is what you get. You're at the bar, imagine this. You're at the bar, it's closed. You come in, you come behind and I'm like, "Yo, I got this house red. Your friend, we're going to try this. It's a house red. It's super good. We're going to taste it, right? And then your people who work at the bar who don't know anything about wine are going to talk to you like they do know what they're talking about. That's us. That's us. So I'm going to do it first. I'm going to do a little... I always... I, I swirl it for fun because I think it's funny looking. Well, it looks pretty. It looks like pretty. you get the reflection off the wine. But I do look at it because I like to see how it sticks to the glass because I do know with like a higher... A gravity beer and the same thing with higher abv um alcohol like spirits you do have a different kind of reaction on the side of the glass it's the legs you know it definitely sticks it has a different thing here and i don't know what that means for wine i just know that i'm looking at it and i see it's kind of sticking but i'm good at tasting things so i i do know that 100 percent i smelled it and it was tanicky so that means it's like kind of Think uh the the you know the uh the the oh my god I'm so stupid what is it uh, lemons and oranges and uh, citrus fruit rind what what is it called oh the uh, pith the what is it called the the chemical that causes the, citric acid no the other chemical why wow, this is a mess the the chemical that causes the tingling in the side of your the, the cheeks that 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 uh huh yeah that, that one. Watch. I'm going to put it in the notes, but I, I kind of get a little bit of a reaction that kind of like pops up in the back of, you know, my my cheeks here. It's a little tannicky. It's a little tart, a little dry. What gets me is like if you walk through the Home Depot uh, bark and like uh, compost aisle and you take a big whiff of like a, a, a thing of, of, of bark compost, that's usually the kind of reaction that your face has. When you're like, ooh, now I'm thirsty. That's that's what I deem as tannic. Or like uh, when you take a sip of something and it feels like your gums are receding just a tiny bit. That's the tannin that I'm tasting in it. I mean, is that what tannins are? I'm not going to lie. Do I actually know? I don't know. But I do know that what I do get is a kind of dry... And like you said, on the tongue, it kind of feels like your gums are receding because I think that like it's almost as if uh, the water or the moisture has been kind of taken out of your my- mouth. There's a slight astringency to it, but it's not bitter. It's not sour. You know, that's obviously, I think, from the fermenting process of whatever's going on with the grapes. It's not sour, but it does have a certain tartness that I think 
is reminiscent of like a, a berry of some sort. So I definitely personally find it, I think it's a little sweet. It's tannic. It's juicy. And looking at the notes that I have here, um, apparently, apparently, educated guess follows all the requirements that a serious Cabernet lover is looking for. Oh, <laughs> what are those requirements? It is fun, approachable, and food friendly. And that's what I look at in my cab. Sap. It's apparently a blend. Uh, eighty-four, eight different websites have different things. It says eighty-four percent Cabernet Sauvignon, nine percent Merlot. 6% Petit Verdot and 1% Cabernet Franc, which again are all like different grapes and you know, like literally different they're all different varietals different that varietals. all got their kind of vibes going. Uh, the Cabernets, both Sauvignon and Franc, tend to be more on the bold, heavier bodied tannic side. Merlots tend to be on the uh, jammier side. And I'm gonna be honest, Petit Verdot, I'm not too familiar with. Uh, I'd assume they're kind of in more of a Syrah kind of, or a Petite Syrah kind of category where it's like sweet and tart and jammy. But honestly, I have no idea. Again, we are uh, enthusiasts, not experts. But but I kind of get that because I get I, juiciness from it. Yeah, I it get is that. jammy. Or, I want to say jammy because it still has a certain tannic dryness but to I it. But I think that the, you are getting a little bit of the jamminess. Oh God, I'm about to sell I think a little bit of the, the jamminess is coming from the Petit Verdot and probably the Merlot. We jamming? You know, but the tannic, the, the, the little bit of the tannic, especially, I'm not going to lie, in the back of my palate, is not going to lie, probably the Cabernet Franc is like, I'm definitely getting real tannic, really dry, very sharp, and it's a body to the wine that I don't think that you tend to get from wines in this um, this price range. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something... It's got a little oomph to it. Almost like a Orin Swift kind of vibe to it. But again, while not enthusiast, I've had nice wine before. This is not as complex as anything that I've had that was up in the $50, $60 range. It's not close, but it's definitely very drinkable. And it's the kind of thing I think is fun. And we were talking about pairings. It's like, well, we don't know about wine, but we know how things taste and what we like them with. And we like... We know how to taste things with other things, yeah. right? I like, thought she's Danish. Yeah, that was a good. I, I like you know, like you said, like filo dough, like something like a little buttery, flaky, almost savory because you don't want too much sweetness. No, but I agree with like a cream cheese Danish type thing. I was initially thinking if you took a brie wrapped in filo dough and then toasted that for a bit, that would be like the perfect pairing for this wine. So, what is the uh, the brie the shamis? I believe, which is a, um, it's like a, it's like a, it's not a washed rind brie. It is a, like, a artificial rind brie. It's like kind of soft. It has like an orange rind. That's, yeah, it's kind of usually in the, well, I usually get it confused with Port Salud because that's one of my favorites of uh, softer cheeses. But that one's definitely got more of a creamier yeah, vibe to it's it. A, it's a, uh, uh, a Trappist style like cheese which means it's like traditional like think about trappist beers like abbey ales you know eight twelve and nine like good kind of traditional uh cheeses made by monks inside of caves and stuff like that so i i pulled up something because i i do know that it is kind of like that it's i guess it's not really a brie 
but it's brie you know what i mean okay. it's made it's, it's brie the, adjacent but it is though you know it's a washed wine it's soft ripened uh pasteurized cow milk it means stubble it's creamy it's smooth supple that all these things really to me say, say brie but the rind is different it's hmm. the washed rind instead of the the, the the more firmer outer rind that you usually get on a traditional right rind. right 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 it's not yeah. like as intense yeah as that kind of it's a whole it, you know but it's very similar and that's the kind of thing I agree with you uh, well because this wine lends itself to something that's nice and creamy and isn't like this has got a lot of character forward where it's got all those berries and that flavor at the initial like sip and then the finish is kind of like a uh, a chill, more toasty, buttery, creamy oak kind of kind of finish, and it it lingers, but it's not occupying too much space. And you know, so I definitely have decided that I will give it. And this is important because I want to I want to give us a ratings. I have I have something I want to say. Mm-hmm. I want to give it speak your three truth out of five varietals that I don't understand. You're gonna give it three out of five varietals that you don't understand. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and I'll give it a three point <laughs> three varietals I don't understand. Cause I think I really appreciate the approachability of this wine. It's one that I wouldn't be afraid to let other novice wine drinkers try and not fear like they're gonna like, oh, what's all this? I think it'd pair really well with like a margarita pizza. Oh yeah. Um, something that's got like a little bit of high acidity from a tomato, but then that creamy kind of cheese finish. Um, I also wrote down, um, as far Ooh. as other interesting pairings, um, maybe a fruit salad that features cantaloupe and strawberries. I like that. Okay. I think those kind of tartness, tartness, but also the mellow melon would help kind of bring out some of the um, juicier aspects of this wine. Uh, as far as an overall thing, I enjoy it. I would bring it out if I were entertaining a group of three or less people. <laughs> That's a good judgment. I like that. I feel the same. I think it's really fun to do things like this and try things that we don't like and that we don't know we're not educated about. Because being an enthusiast is about having fun with the things that you do, enjoying the things that you do, and not quite ruining everything for people around you by being pretentious and being a jerk. It's okay to have knowledge, but it's also fun to learn, which is why we're doing this, which is why it's fun, and which is why we are featuring this as kind of our bar trivia thing, because it has a cool label. But also, I feel like wine is a bar trivia thing. Bar, it's not, bar trivia, You're not drinking yeah. tequila shots during bar trivia because you're trying to win. You know, you want to win, <laughs> you know. Maybe you're trying I to know. win. Um, but that's what this episode of uh, Was That In Good Taste from this last week has been about. I hope you listen. I hope that you follow, you like, comment, subscribe. It's super important. It really helps us out. We have to get out of here because this is going long. So as always... I'm James Beery. I'm Chandler Phillips. And uh, it's closing time. Yeah, get out. I mean, we let you in here, but like, you're not cleaning. You're not getting paid. So peace. Thanks for joining us behind the bar. Have a good night.